0: well good morning and welcome back into this octo no it's november now wow. november 14 2023 i was gonna say october 23rd you
1: been, hey you've been gone so long you forgot what day it oh, is. oh i was only gone a couple of days <laughs> oh man no it's good to have you back man it's good you. to be back in kentucky uh-oh
0: sorry let me let me knock this out here uh it's good to be back in the state of kentucky uh oh my goodness i don't even think I don't even know how to put it into words how pretty that place is. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, the views of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, yeah. and the Grand Tetons. And uh, we didn't get to go to Yellowstone. It was closed entrance on wow. our side. But um, okay. this time of the year, they closed that part of the park down for migration of the elk and um, grizzlies and stuff like that to move down for the winter and the bears to move up for the into hibernation for the um, winter too. And so it's just, I mean, it was awesome. Got to see some moose. Man, I don't man. know what the fact, I mean, it's just so fascinated by a moose. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and then we did get to Heather's prayers were answered. She got to see um, Grizzly 610, which they they tag some of them. They don't tag all of them. Really? The tour guy was explaining why they tag some and tag, don't tag others. But this one's number 610. And she has three cubs and so we got to see her and her three cubs yesterday. Um first time I've ever seeing a grizzly bear. So yeah. uh that was awesome. And
1: <laughs> I'm glad you think so, brother. I really <laughs> did. Like
0: you don't even think about it. You just pull up and just start whipping up the camera. You don't think about this thing could rip you apart with their bear ha- claws, yeah. but um, you know, it was just the wildlife was amazing, but the scenery, I don't even I don't even know how to explain it. Right. Like and um I got a lot of revelation <laughs> i don't know how else to say I it idea. like uh i was telling you all about like and i don't know i don't even know how to process it yet but like the slowness of time over there yeah like you're just not busting for everything and uh me and heather did join the old people club so the first night we were literally asleep by 6 30 or 7 and the second night in jackville we were asleep by 8 30 or 9 um and so it's like you know but it was just the I don't know, like usually vacations, you're busting, you're going here, you're going there, pop, 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 pop. It was just everything moves slower. You don't ever feel like you're in a rush. And like you kind of just was able to catch your breath and enjoy life. And it was really cool. I don't know how to explain it. I don't even know if that can transfer over out of the mountains, but it's like I don't don't know how to explain it. It was just – which I didn't realize the top – the the ground and how it was. Like I was just thinking mountains and then boom. But it's like all of this little place you have mountains everywhere and glaciers, you've got forest, you've got the plains. You've it's flat like between the mountains extremely flat. Like you can see 70 or 80 miles. I mean just straight out. And then but then also you got desert. Like you got all of this literally clumped up into one and it was just um if you anybody ever has an opportunity to go to that part of them like grand teton like you should like it is worth every penny to go there and to see that and um we got even they're like coyotes yeah. i was saying like they look like wolves they don't look like our coyotes our coyotes are ugly and annoying and you know but they're just like like almost like glorious looking it's just their fur and how full they are and um, I was walking down from a trail from a, a mountain lake, and, I mean, there's a coyote walking right next to you. Wow. And it was just really cool. I mean, beautiful. Man. And usually coyotes, that's the last thing anybody says about coyotes. It's yeah. beautiful.
1: <laughs> Around it, here, you see a coyote it's like, get my gun. <laughs> get your gun.
0: Uh, but it, I don't know. It was just an awesome trail. I don't want to spend the whole time, but it was just great. So we... We've traveled the United States in the last few days. We flew into Salt Lake, then Jackson Hole, then Jackson Hole to Dallas, and Dallas back to Nashville. And, um, so we've been flying everywhere, but oh, man, oh, Heather man. survived.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is she ready to fly again, or not right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. So.
0: I don't know if she, um, I'm sure she will. But I don't think she's looking to do it anytime soon. Yeah,
1: (laughs) But no, it sounds like y'all had a wonderful time, brother. And I'm so thankful I was able to get away Um,
0: and do that. Probably my favorite part for her flying was when you fly in Jackson Hole, it's called Jackson Hole because it feels like you're in a hole. Now, Jackson Hole itself is 7,000 feet above sea level. So you're not really in a hole at all. But when you look at the glaciers and the mountains, so you can see Yellowstone mountains out in the background. And you got the Grand Teton and they just circle you. So you're literally in a hole around the mountain. So everywhere you look is mountains around you. But when you fly into that, the pressure changes drastically. So there yeah. is no easy flight into it. You're swaying, you're flying, you're bumping, turbulence. <laughs> and we come into a day that was pretty bad. Right. Wow. And that plane is just flying ever I mean, there's like you know, a plane hasn't gone down from turbulence since like 1970 so it's they're really good at what they do now yeah by god's grace so but that plane is everywhere and it's hitting that runway and literally it's everywhere (laughs) heather (laughs) poor heather
2: you should should have started her (laughs) offline to like florida or something i tried
0: (laughs) i remember i tried (laughs) so <laughs> you wanted to go to Jackson Hole okay, for ne- anniversary. Next
2: time it'll be let her fly somewhere easier, and then yeah. it'll build her confidence back up to go back.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, she man. picked a
0: pretty good flight for the first one, so uh, but right. it was awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So how's everything here oh, over the
1: weekend? Been going very well, brother. I mean, I know uh, uh weekend at church is pretty good. I mean, we did have several out because uh, you know I guess coming into. Uh, uh, late fall early winter i guess some people are battling some kind of sickness or whatever so um, mm-hmm. we've been praying for them but anyway so other than that been going well we going well so. good what hannah? About you, hannah
2: it's been it's been good it, it's, it's been a new season of life I, I felt like a parent for once how'd that
0: go <laughs> i haven't really got to talk to you anything <laughs> yeah, so that's right
2: <laughs> well The first night, somehow, two other kids talked us into staying the night with us too. Wow! So we had four. I had four of them. Um, and then (laughs) somehow, yeah, that happened. It it was, they were hilarious. It it was fun. But and then Sunday, Sunday was an eye opener of how it is to have kids because (laughs) you know you're used to just getting yourself ready and everything. But thankfully i would not want to be a single parent because you know i had to leave earlier so i had to leave ethan with the <laughs> the kid duty <laughs> well i mean yeah. i laid out some outfits and i'm like all right you got to get them here
1: <laughs> wow so did he get him, so funny did he like, get them there on time he got them there yeah on time? yeah yeah, yeah that he that got them there
2: on time i got there on time well i got there early actually because i had to um, turn on some stuff and so that was good and then um, it, it went well, I think. It went pretty well for the most yep. part.
1: I will say that uh, this past weekend, of course, was the ball tournament. Yeah. And uh, I was able to be here quite a bit, but I got to see Ethan from a distance dunk the ball in Hey Dudes. Yep. Yep, sure did. I didn't know he could do that. But yeah. anyway, he'd done it like with ease, man. Yep. So How'd awesome. the
0: tournament go? I haven't I've uh, been out of the loop for everything. Well, of so. course,
1: uh, we didn't do as well as we thought. We won the first game, Bethel did, and lost the next two. But yeah. There's a team from Bowling Green, I think, that ended up winning it. Yeah. So, uh, so they beat Galilean. Yeah, they beat Galilean. Wow. Very handily. By like 35, 40
0: points. Yeah. Did we have whoa yeah, <laughs> Galilean yeah. by thirty five or forty? What like
1: team is game? this? Legacy. Really? From Bowling Green. What well, they do? So. Scout out from well, Bahamas again? Is, of course. Uh, well, <laughs> last year I did see Legacy play. I mean, we even beat them in the regional tournament. Yeah. Bit, and, uh, well, they got a brand new team. I mean, a brand new. I mean, well, Big sounds Williams like it.
0: And, what do they do? Go to the NBA camp? I <laughs> guess so.
1: But, I mean, uh, no, it's very well. We did y'all check the
0: birth days. certificates? So they have full beards? <laughs> well. No, if you're beating Galilean like by 40, if you're <laughs> yeah, beating
1: exactly. Galilean by 40. It might have been 35, but, I mean, it was right there. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, but uh we now we uh come very close. I mean they end up beating Bethel, and did by like ten, I think. Mm-hmm. But with like three and a half minutes left, we was within two or three. Yeah. So anyway, I think our boys kinda ran out of gas, be honest with you. Did we have yeah. good
0: did I mean, a lot of people show up? Good crowds? A lot of people show yeah. up, the concession
1: the concession stand did really well. I mean, they were booming and really so, good uh,
2: apparently. Yeah.
1: But uh then got to see that guy that I uh have been talking about you know inviting and stuff. He would come and everybody was like uh, surrounding him because they hadn't seen him in a long time. Different teams like Oak awesome. And so I mean it was a very very well put on by Bethel and everybody that had a hand in it. Mariah even done the uh, starting lineups, so mm-hmm. she done well on that. So I thought awesome. it was pretty good. Was
0: pretty yeah, good, so. I I love when we host tournaments, and I hated that. I did hate that our trip was on the tournament weekend because I yeah. love I love being here for tournaments. It's yeah always good fellowship and a very good weekend
1: then actually the principal at oakridge uh um he talked to me or whatever and i know i may be going down there to preach chapel one day awesome so he got my number and so that'd be awesome uh, so pretty yeah. cool
0: yeah
2: making connections there well you
0: go. <clears throat> um well i could tell our concession teams did well because when i walked in my f- front door downstairs um uh, the coke machine was like pretty much empty so i guess yeah. they were pulling out of there and <laughs> So there was a lot of Cokes here this weekend. Yeah, so I they guess sure they was. did a really good mm-hmm. job. Yeah, sure there are. was
2: a lot of people. I mean, this place yeah. was packed. You
1: yeah. seen it? Yeah, you seen people packing stuff in, packing stuff out, and I mean, then of course uh, I think they got donuts Saturday morning. Then they yep. had pizza all throughout the day. I think they
2: so. had um, pulled pork nachos, and yeah. that went over.
1: That
0: went over real well. Yeah. So. Miss Katie and Miss Tabitha probably go.
1: What did we get ourselves into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know they you, they put a lot of time into that. You yeah, tell that Josh and Katie was. Josh there. was and in there Joe, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Joe and, and Joe. Tabitha. Yeah. You that, see, Justin and Jody running around and just of course you don't want to name everybody, but yeah. you know there was several people just mm-hmm. uh, even some of the kids that helped out in there. It was pretty awesome seeing them work together to get it all done.
0: Yeah, so. that's always a joy for the weekend is seeing how everything comes together and yep. people pull together and um, and so. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. What a good praise report and a good weekend. And how was church Sunday morning? I'm out of the loop. Like when I say I'm out of the loop, I'm extremely out of the loop. Mm
2: -hmm. It was good. I I love having Chris and Tasha. Now I did mess up and I almost tried to cut find a way to cut it out of the recording. (laughs) I accidentally said Wilson Home is with us instead of fresh oh. fire it, it just came out <laughs> yeah i'm so okay. used to it yeah. but then chris had to um <laughs> chris had to correct that Grigy. when he, when he came right. up just yeah. to preach but yeah. um it was really awesome i've had the the songs that they they um sang i've had them stuck in my head since church like wow. i can't stop singing them mm-hmm. it, they were just awesome and kaylee taylor she sang yeah um and she did a just a great job and And I just love her so much. She's such a prayer warrior and a worshiper. I told her at the end when we went back for altar call, I was like, look, girl, don't feel like you have to stay up here because I know you're a prayer warrior. So if if you feel led to go pray with somebody, then, you know, follow the Holy Spirit. Don't feel restricted. And so she actually did end up doing that. And I'm just so proud of her. And that was awesome to have her on the team. And um, we had a violin player that was really good. (laughs) Uh, He was good. That's awesome. Now, um. He, you could really hear him because we had him turned up. At first, we couldn't, you know, we were trying to figure out the sound for him because we didn't really know. We hadn't done that before. And, um, but once we got it all set up, I mean, you could definitely hear him and he was really good. Um, and I think they said that he's played with like, he's been on tour with Rascal Flats and like a bunch of different, um, Bands, so you could definitely tell he knows what he's doing. My but goodness. so that was just cool to be able to have a, a fiddle player with us. Um, <laughs> but it, it went really awesome, and the message, most importantly, was just right on point. And um, Pastor Chris did a really good job. And um, it, we had a we had a guest, Sergio, mm-hmm. and his wife. Um, they came, and they. Um, kind of just thanked the body and and talked about what they're doing in their ministry and he uh, he played a song too and, and sang and every, got everybody clapping with him <laughs> on uh, the song that he did and uh, I think it was Spanish and then um, it, it was good. It went really well. Yeah. So. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I mean I when I say I'm out of the loop I'm out of the loop so yeah. I haven't got caught up. I was supposed to be back reasonably early last night and we hit a wreck and um stat flighting and all that, so wow. it was just um we were two or three hours behind what we' supposed to be getting home, so we are really out of the loop' cause, I guarantee um we didn't get home till late, and so I think I finally got to sleep about two or so last night, so wow. Man, oh man. Well, good morning, brother. Good morning. <laughs> well, oh, I did talk about how we move slow over there, so I'm just continuing that, that, That's all right. That's that all scheme right. of moving slow. So. Um, but as for announcements, uh, don't forget that we'll be hosting the Nativity Story um play here on December 13th here at Bethel Fellowship. That'll be a Wednesday night and food to follow that. And then besides that, I don't think we have a lot of announcements. I know um Hannah and them's got young adult class young adult group. What is it? Next Monday.
2: Thanksgiving. Yes. And I, Jacob Swift is supposed to be with us. Yeah. So. Awesome.
0: That sounds good. Awesome.
1: Then, That'd be great. Yeah. Then actually uh of course for you I know we've been talking about ball games and stuff, but Bethel has a home ball game uh this Friday and it starts at 6 o'clock, and they're playing Heritage. And then talking about Galilean, they play them Monday, November 20th. At home? At home.
0: Yeah. So
1: they get another shot at Galilean, and it'll also be a boys' JV and a varsity at 5.30. Well, the
0: most important so, question is the pulled pork
1: nachos going to be back. You're going to have to take that up with somebody else other I'll, than me, brother. I'll have to take that up with somebody. <laughs> not, you might have to schedule a tournament where they to make sure they make it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> See, because my
0: now my wife made <laughs> – Pulled pork, baked potatoes yeah.
1: a couple of weeks ago. And those were awesome. So right. I wouldn't complain about nachos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, i got two real tough games heading up. Because Heritage, actually, to be honest with you, I think they have um, they have moved from KCA to KHSAA. Yeah, they went to public. And, uh, they won the KCA last year. Mm-hmm. And Galilean, they got Monday, was the runner-up. Mm-hmm. And had won it the previous two years. So they got two real tough games coming up on the weekend. So, Yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, if you want to join us um, Friday night or Monday night here at Bethel Christian Academy, we'll be hosting home games there, JV, varsity basketball. It's going to be two great nights of games there, great weekend from what I hear. And so we just praise God for all that he's doing, everything he's done, everything he's about to do. And so I know that we – did you all get anywhere in the book of Hebrews yesterday? You'll have to tell me where you left off.
2: Yeah, we – did not get fully or to. We didn't get to six, but I think we got close. Chapter six. So I think we are in verse fourteen of chapter five.
0: All right. So we're in. Let's see here. Let's just. I'm just going to read from verse twelve, so it gives us context. For though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles, the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of the use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So Paul's here I mean not Paul, the writer of Hebrews, some say is Paul, but is talking about spiritual immaturity. He's talking about believers who should be mature believer who should be grown up at this point they should be eating meat yet they're still on the milk they're right. still on things that um milk is like survival right like when you're a baby it's all you can eat you can't your palate can't adjust to meat. you can't chew milk meat you really couldn't digest meat it would choke you up and milk is the way that you survive as a baby but milk in its truest sense is you can't sustain you forever Right. It can't sustain you forever. And sometimes somewhere in your life, you have to grow up and you have to start eating other things than just drinking milk. Yeah. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is telling these, these people, this, this, um, that, Hey, you've been saved for a little while. You're not a baby no more. Yeah. And what we do to an injustice of the body of Christ is we tell people who's been born again, 40 years, you're just still a spiritual baby. You still got some growing to do. well, that, that wouldn't work. You can't tell a 40-year-old, well, it's okay, you're still on milk. Yeah. And it wouldn't be alive. Like you, you have to grow up at
1: some point. Amen. And so this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. That's it. And I mean, so many people, it seems like, uh, Brother Aaron, that as ministers, you're trying your best to so-called get people that's been uh, in the Word and with Jesus for so long. It's like you're trying to get people to understand, hey, there's more for you, mm-hmm. There's more for you, you know. And even that word full age, you know, in that verse of scripture, it's talking about it here where it says it's an application of labor and growth. But then at the end of it, brother, Aaron, it says uh, full age and it says perfect. I mean, listen, I would never, Hannah, I would never tell you I'm perfect. OK, I wouldn't. But we do serve a perfect savior mm-hmm. in the eyes of him if we're covered by the blood more or less he sees us as sinless cuz he don't worry about our sin if we're covered by the blood now can I go back into that if i choose to yeah cuz it's a choice mm-hmm. cuz i got to daily you know take up my cross and follow him and don't fall back into the wages of sin but just like a lot of times i've seen this too and you guys probably have too if your child actually is in some kind of conflict and your child, you know, you love your child and you try your best to defend your child if it's the part of where they can be defended uh, because of why you love them, even the little one. So that's what, I mean, even so much more, I believe that, you know, that uh, the Lord wants us to understand as people, you got to grow up past this. You got to understand that, listen, you don't have to, you know, I trust you in a way of where, even though I'm listening for God's voice, but, Brother Aaron, I think sometimes, you know, the Lord says, hey, I cherish you to preach my word. Mm-hmm. I don't have to necessarily talk to you every time before you. And I know I might get some kickback on this. I don't necessarily have to talk to you every time before you get up to speak the word, because I know you're going to tell my word, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't tell you, Brother Aaron, that every time I get up to preach. Hey, the Lord told me exactly to say this. or the But he did tell me to stay in the word. You know what I'm saying? So that's a part of spiritual growth that we must get past to the point of realizing that what does he want to do? He wants us to be on what Brother Aaron said a while ago about that meat and knowing that, hey, that's for all of us. All right. That's for each and every one of us to understand that. Look, if we've been in this way, like Brother Aaron said, 20, 30, 40 years and we're still trying to trying to pick up the pieces from the milk. Then we've done something wrong for the past decades. I ain't talking about it just a little bit. I'm talking about something that has done that. And it seems like when you go different places when the Lord is really stern, you know, and when you when you're in services, oftentimes when the spe- when the preacher preaches or when the song's sung, a lot of times it seems like he's trying to actually get the body of Christ in a place of where they're complete of where then we can go out and do the work he's called us to do. I think it's so important. So, mm-hmm. anyway.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the strategic words here that I think a lot of times we pass over is when he's talking about this spiritual maturity and talking about how they're still on the baba, um, yeah. as we would right. call it to Ivy. Right. You want your baba? Well, <laughs> she loves her baba, yeah. but now she loves the real food. Wow. And there will come a time where she's not on any kind of baba. Like right. she, she just wants the food, yep. and she'll be drinking... Coca-Cola and substantive, like, you know, the fizzy, carbonated, good stuff for your body. Um, (laughs) But you're going to be eating the steak and the baked potato and the mac and cheese. But here's what he says, and I think a lot of times we do miss this. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, so those who've come to age. Now, I do think maturity is marked by a lot of things. Maturity can be marked by consistency. Um, You're not in and out every three seconds, so you're not contingent upon, like, um, I know some people that, like, they like somebody one minute, and they don't like them the next minute, and then they, like them, the minute, and then they like them the next minute, and then they don't like them the next minute. They say one thing. Like, if if Josh says one thing I don't like, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like him. That's right. And it's vice versa. Like, Amen. me and Josh don't agree with everything on theological matters. That's right. But there's never been an instant in any one of our heads where disrespect, dishonor, or dislike ever okay. come out. Why? Because that's called maturity. Yeah. And there's open-handed issues that we can disagree on. Right now, the close-handed issues we agree on. It's yeah. Jesus and Jesus alone. Damn. You know, it's stuff like this, and that's where maturity starts coming. Consistency, but also life throws your left hook. You don't you don't whine and back out every five seconds, yeah. or you're tired or sick. You don't you don't just skip skip out on the the God thing because you have a bad day. Like yeah.
1: you're in, you're all in. Oftentimes, the people you go to battle with. Is the people you don't care to correct and have, uh, have you know, uh, discussions about different things you don't agree on. Yeah. But those are some of the people, that's when you realize it's actually the love of God doing it. It's because those people that you can actually disagree on a few things. But then again, at the end of the day, guess what? If they need me to stand up for them or go to bat for them or anything, I'm the first one there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's when you know it's the Lord actually bringing people together for a time like we're in. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think very few times. Well, okay, I don't want to say generalize. I don't want to generalize that much. A lot of times, the body of Christ operates nowhere near a unconditional love.
1: I, I agree.
0: Every I mean, like we I've been around people who relationship was so strong. Yeah. And then one thing is said, or one frustrated moment, like if you're around somebody enough, you're gonna get frustrated with them. Yep. You're you are. Uh, 100%. If you're around me more than three minutes, you're going to get frustrated with me. <laughs> that's pretty much the rule of thumb, Heather says. All right. So in that, like you can't bail out at that moment. Right. Like we have to work through that's called maturity, consistency. But here, the writer of Hebrews, he's alluding to it like this. That is those who, by reason of use, have their senses. What? How What's the King James say? Exercised. That's the new King James too. To discern both good and evil. I love that he's saying is there's your senses have been exercised they've been put to the work you've tested them you've produced them you've you've shown them you you've taken you've took your senses running you've taken your senses out to the gym you've done all these you've exercised them now to your discerning what's good yep. and evil and that's what the writer of hebrews here in this context is saying is maturity is yep. to where now you have a discernment of what's good and evil and how do you have that discernment you exercise your senses you put your senses to work you've grown them you've used them you've 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 tested them you've put them through patience you've done all these things and now you're able to discern what's good and what's evil why because you've exercised your senses the problem with immaturity is you've never you've never put anything to work because when you're on the baba you're on the bottle somebody else is feeding you you've never exercised anything well wow. they just put the baba bottle in your mouth and says here drink and for a lot of times, that's the people in the front pew. That's the people in the back pew. That's the people in the middle pew. That's the people in the church on a Sunday morning. Here, just take the baba. I'm going to shove it in your mouth, give you enough substance to make it last till next Sunday. Now, when you grow into maturity, now you're a Berean. Now you're just in the Word. You love the Word. You're you're living this thing on Tuesday, not, sun, not just Sunday morning. Yeah. You're stretching. You're exercising. You're putting it to work. You're trying it. You're getting it. You're getting a, you're getting a um, sharpened iron, sharpened iron. All these things. Like, if you just go to church and the only time you are with the Lord or you hear the Word is Sunday morning, you're still a baby who's having to be fed. Yep. And if you run around skipping church to church to church because you use the phraseology, they're just not feeding me. The problem is you're still expecting to be fed.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And that's spiritual immaturity at its finest. That's good. Is that you get to the point where I want people at Bethel Fellowship not coming to just be fed for me, by me. I want what's happening on Sunday is to give them the tools to feed themselves. And that's, I believe, the difference in the transition from teaching to, to fathering the body of Christ that we've got to get to. And I don't think we're perfected in it by no means. But I do think there's men and women of God who has done this well. Is teachers just want you to be fed. Teachers just want to give you something to know, give you knowledge, give you understanding. Fathers want to equip you with the tools so that you can produce the know the knowledge, that you can get in there yourself. You can become a Barin. You can become somebody who's consistent and hungry and know how to 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 dice up the word. So fathers give you a fork and a knife and a napkin that says, Go feast. Yeah. Teachers say, Here's the bottle, take it. Wow. Well. And I think this is the difference. And I think this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Like you've got to transition from the survival milk to the golden corral buffet and go feast. Yeah. Go feast. And I think when you transition from immaturity to maturity, there's a lot of things can come come of that because you can talk about sanctification. You can talk about all this. But I think one of the greatest transitions is you put the bottle down. And you tuck in, you grab your knife,
1: you grab your fork, and you go feast. Right. And you start to eat. Yep. And you know, and every time it's like you can't get enough of it. When you get to that point, see a lot of times then you're probably when you're when you think that you're young in the Lord and when you think, Well, one day I'll get to the meat But it's like even when you're on the meat you want more meat. Mm Mhm. Even when you're to that point of when you become mature, you want to become more mature. Because what happens when you become mature, you start to actually realize and analyze a little bit your own life to the point of, all right, I need to do this better or I need to perfect, perfect this more. It's about like we just talked about having this tournament. You kind of actually, at the beginning of the season, you see where you're at. But see, yes, like I told, I think I told Jason, I said, well, it just got to get better from here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because when you start something – I mean, you realize where you're at and actually talking about the exercise a while ago to discern both good and evil. Well, the thing about it is you could see some of them probably that had put forth more during exercise or put forth more during condition because they was ready for the whole game. But then you got some that probably wasn't ready to endure the whole game. Well, this is a life. This ain't about the game. This is about a life. A, you know, a however long it is our life is but a vapor, but still yet yeah, We're not promised another day But in that if we don't exercise our faith by learning the things he's told us to learn and Desiring the meat of the word and therefore we are therefore selling ourselves short of where the Lord wants us to be mm-hmm.
2: That's good,
0: Hannah you got anything before break <laughs>
2: I don't know if I have time to talk before break I'll chime in
0: after we get back. All right, well, you got to shut me up. I haven't, I haven't preached for two weeks. You or, haven't been here for
1: a little bit. So I haven't. I've,
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rested.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's see. Tuesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What king of Judah led an army that killed five hundred thousand soldiers of Israel? What king of Judah led an army that killed five hundred thousand soldiers of Israel? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. This beautiful, beautiful November fourteenth, two 2023. What a day the Lord has made. Haven't got an answer for that trivia question yet. Tuesday question number one sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Who
2: Remember to get those phones ringing because we have an awesome prize. Is this going to be the prize?
0: No, that will be this there should be this this week will end out this two week period and, and then, then we'll start it then we'll start the other one oh, okay man. so we
2: might have been saying that wrong um unless
0: we drew for did we we didn't i think
2: we drew last What well, we got oh, we drew two weeks ago
0: yeah we drew for Rachel Rachel was there but that was the that that's
1: w- been a that's been a week and a half ago or so Rachel's has yeah it wasn't
2: last let long. me
0: let me check on all that let me check oh, on that before i say something that. okay and all so um Go ahead, Hannah, and talk to us what you were going to do. You said you were going to go for some things.
2: Oh yeah. Um. Well, whenever we end up doing it, I will just go ahead and announce for yeah, anyone who who hasn't listened yet. Um, Brother Greg, it that's on with us on Thursdays. Him and his family are donating, and see, Brother Josh didn't know this yet. No, I didn't. And there's a there's more people that haven't heard it yet on the radio, but um, he is giving away two. Tickets to the Ark encounter for adults and th- for three kids. So, so five people five total. People. Wow. So get your um, so answers in there.
1: Hopefully we can find out exactly when you're gonna draw for that then and yeah. then we'll be announcing that. that hey, but
2: even if you people. go ahead and get it in for another drawing, right. you'll get practice in <laughs> you'll it. you'll be getting your practice <laughs> in for, you know, the time we do draw. So yep. but I just want to make sure to keep announcing that because it's a really cool opportunity. That and it is it's so funny because we um uh, we were joking one day about um we were trying to figure out what the trivia or what the prize would be because we yeah. we hadn't picked what we would give away next yet and um someone I don't know if it was me or Aaron said something about uh, a a vacation and I said and then he said oh just kidding and i said hey don't don't say just kidding you never know somebody <laughs> really it. could call in yep. and, and donate a vacation <laughs> and i really didn't think you know anything of it i was just like you know if god wants to do it he'll do it and then brother greg that's called awesome. in and did yeah. that so. so now have
1: you been to the ark yet
2: yes you yeah have. that's where me and ethan went to both okay. when we went we went to the creation and the ark
1: well uh we had a family from our church that took their family their grandkids and a couple kids with them this past weekend and went up to the ark, and they they was talking about how awesome it was. They and, wasn't they wasn't at church Sunday morning, but they was there Sunday night, and they was just talking about how how great it
2: was. Yeah, so. I mean you can have church at the ark because there <laughs> there's like a whole exhibit talking about the gospel and yeah how you can witness um, to people. I have this little like booklet thing actually. Well, um, you
1: got it right there with you, then. I don't think
2: you? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's doors of the Bible. Yeah. And it goes through and I got this at the Ark. It goes wow. through and talks about all the different doors um, in the gospel. And it talks about the door of the Ark Yeah, and tells us like, you know, what happened. The symbolism talks about the John 10. I'm the door. If anyone enters yeah. by me, he will be saved.
1: That's what I was thinking when you talk about door when he said I am. the. Door. I am the door.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it talks about the Passover door um it yeah. talks about the temple inner doors wow. in the temple right um and then it talks about the sheep's door that it talks about I am the door of the sheep in John and then the cross talking about how that wow. that's a door um and then at the end talks about the tombs door and the narrow door talking about yeah. the narrow um, and Matthew enter by the narrow gate, wow. and so it kind of walks you through that and gives you a little way to witness yeah. and talk about salvation with Boy, people. That's so awesome. A handy little.
1: I, you talk about the door, or whatever. I remember hearing a uh, someone speak one time about the door still open, but one day it's going to be shut. Yep. You know, but as of right just now, just like the we're flood here, or exact. the the ark. Yeah, the ark. You know, you know, for so long it was it was open for the ones that were. Uh, Uh, protected under god's promise or whatever then it was shut to everybody else so but as of right now the door of grace is really open Mm -hmm. and i mean uh you know i believe that the lord's still dealing with people you know we may not be seen as much where we're at Mm -hmm. but i mean still yet he's drawn people closer than he ever has before why because they know that the door's only gonna be open for so much longer Mm -hmm. before he comes back or if we, you know, if, uh, you know, even we, I know we talked about the Lord coming back oftentimes, you know, and I know he is. I know he is. If it's in my lifetime or if it ain't in my lifetime, we know that it's drawing nearer and nearer than it's ever has before. But that's why we must always be ready. Whether, you know, in this life we pass away or whether he comes back for us, we've got to be ready to stay in that door. So before it shut. So yeah. anyway, but I mean. So we can uh, go ahead, and did you have anything else on the Hebrew thing we was talking about earlier, or, or uh, did you already get Well,
2: I kind of wanted to, we talked about teachers, and I wanted to maybe talk about how, you know, we talked about fathers versus teachers. We've yeah. talked about that quite a bit. Right. But I do believe teachers are important, you know. Yeah. I and mean, we know, we all would agree that teachers are important. So what, you know, what would be, I guess, some. Um, some guidance or, you know, biblical, um, biblical instruction for how teachers should minister, Well, you know, because I I feel like that teachers are very important whenever Christians are new because like Sunday school and, you know, in Bible classes, like you need teachers to give you that milk at first, but also, you know, there's great Bible teachers that get you the meat too. Yep. So that's how, exactly right. So I think you know, how can you make that transition? I guess as a teacher.
1: And why do you think, Hannah? Just us talking a little bit here, and I know uh why do you think that you was talking about <laughs> Sunday school? That's when we get in there to kind of learn. Mm-hmm. But everybody, why is everybody just like, well, uh, if I don't make it to Sunday school, if I don't make the Wednesday night Bible study, I mean, I but that's just you know there's not as much emphasis on it just as tonight i mean we're gonna have prayer meeting at our church mm-hmm. and you guys have prayer meeting here too but you know when you call prayer meeting you know most time there's not you ain't sitting up about bad about anybody but most time there's not as many people here nearly yeah you know what i'm saying and i mean but for whatever reason i think when people get taught get taught maybe it's not as much of a I don't know if you want to say a power Pike service or what you want to say, but you're there just to learn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? As teach, you know, having grown up here in the uh, school, you know, my teachers, you know, everybody always say, who was your favorite teacher? Who was the best teacher? You know what I'm saying? You don't really want to put a name out there or whatever, <laughs> but I do have some that seem like that you could tell when they were teaching that they really wanted you to learn exactly what they were putting forth. And see, to know that they had to do that more than once i mean just like my mother-in-law she's she's a teacher and she says she's got seven classes Mm -hmm. but more or less every class has got to be the same lesson more or less to teach all the children on what it is a lot of times we would a lot of times we would be probably bored i guess you can say if we had to teach that seven times a day or whatever mm-hmm. and see a lot of times in our christian walk in our christian faith if it's something that's basic or something that we should get past sometimes i believe we are spirit our natural man gets bored to hear hey die the flesh our motto for our church this year was what he must increase but i must decrease you yeah. know that's something that our pastor continues to put into us and even though he's been doing it for like A year now Because I remember Last November That's when he felt like all right, Our word For our church For 2023 Is this right here And we Mm -hmm. probably say it At least once a week Probably preach about it Once every other time But you might think Well Lord I I mean how much more You want me to die (laughs) To see that In the presence of God That's all you can do Because what you want You want all of him I want none of me Yeah
2: That one song uh, More of you And less of me Yeah You know One day we were singing it, and I just felt I was like, "I'm tired of singing more of him and less of me." I just started singing (laughs) all of you and none of me. That's
1: good. That's awesome. You know, sometimes you just got to change those words. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So yeah, because you get in a pattern sometimes of just singing the song and not really mean it. But I think you went from you know when you just told me that I don't know why, but you went from saying it one way to think, man, I really want to mean it this way. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: not that it will just always happen easily there's going to be crushing that comes with it there's going to be a cost that comes with it yeah but that's what we're striving that's what we want and desire should right. de- we should desire we should all desire of them that's good yeah. word
1: right there yeah we should yeah. and i mean i want my my should to line up with his will that's for sure so
0: mm-hmm. good stuff good stuff all right well let's see how far into the questions did you all get yesterday how many did y'all answered? Y'all answer all of them?
2: No, we still had a few left. Let me check here. Because
0: we've got mana on Monday, on Tuesday, and then I know we got some time for questions this morning as well. That's so, right. yep. Um, I got the question list. I just didn't. We have
2: three questions: three, four, and five that we didn't talk about. Three,
0: four, and five. Mm-hmm. All righty. Which one? Which one you want to do first? You want to do mana on Tuesday? It don't matter. Monday manna's on you Tuesday. Want
1: to, you want to do the manna, maybe finish up the next 10 or 15 minutes and then go into. Uh, sure, we can do that. Go into questions after the break. Is we can that do right? that. All right, here we go. We'll get it. So uh, manna on Monday here this Tuesday morning. So Romans 421 is where I'm at today. It says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform. The only way you can be fully persuaded on anything is if you trust completely in what he has been promised what has been promised more than likely throughout our lives there have been times where we have been promised something but it really never come to pass maybe even we ourselves promised someone something but our promises fell through i'm sure in either situation the intentions were all good and well but i want you to understand that my god is able and will perform anything he says he will I think most of us believe he can do anything, but are we fully persuaded he will do it all for us? Be reminded that the promises of God are yes and amen. He wants to perform it in you, and I want to see those promises come to pass. Be strong, stay strong, we strong. See, I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, brother, in here lately. It's about uh, keeping power that i believe that the lord has put inside of me the last little bit about how his promises are yes and amen about i preach sunday morning there at the church you know i, I uh, normally back with the sunday school but i was able to uh, speak sunday morning out out front with the adults but i i preach on something talking about the power to keep mm-hmm. and the power to let go you see we always want to talk about the keeping power of god Okay, that's his promises that he's going to keep us. But also within that, there was times throughout scripture we see where the Lord said, more or less said, got to let it go. Got to let it go. And I mean, oftentimes the letting go of him, his life upon us, or his hand upon us is because of how we respond to certain situations. Because of how I think as a whole, the Lord is actually wanting everybody to realize These promises are for you, but they're for you, but it's up to you to get them. It's up to you to tap into them. It's up to you to reach for them, okay? It's about like any incentive, incentives. What's incentives do? If you do this, if this happens like this, if you get this much done, then there'll be a bonus ahead of it, all right? Listen, the Lord's Lord's put out a life before us. It ain't about bonuses. It's about, hey, here's what it is. If you want it, you can have it. And it's all for you. The promises that I have for you are yes and amen. But so many times I think that the promises of God, we we know about them, but we're not really persuaded to them. Mm-hmm. To the point of we we believe with, you know, persuasive persuasion, I think is more or less a belief to the power of where we know it's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah. see, we've seen it so many times and where maybe people tell me about, well, just trust the Lord, just trust the Lord, just trust in his promise, trust the Lord. And then, you know, it's like, hey, I, I am, but still yet life is happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm still yet tapping into the promises of God. And I want to constantly on an everyday basis be fully persuaded that they're for me and not only for me. I want to see them through everybody else. Because when I really don't see people uh, really uh, uh, growing in the Lord and really getting in there to the point of where they need to be, I mean, actually, it hurts me. It does. But actually, I think that it encourages me to pray for them more and pray for them that really don't um, maybe because you see so much potential. We talked about teachers earlier. I think teachers... See students or even in mentioning the word, you know, they see potential in their in the people that they're giving the word to. And they want people to understand they want them to live up to the to what they're supposed to. And I think this is all for us because the promises are not just for just for this one or that one. But It's for all of us. Mm-hmm. But the promises of how he's going to keep you. But then there's a promise of how he may have to let you go. Yeah. to the point of where he says depart from me or iniquity mm-hmm. i never knew you that's also a promise but it's hard to it's hard to understand that one it's hard to maybe say i you know it's, it's like we pick and choose well i yeah. believe in that promise that i don't know about that promise but anyway i know that all of them just in.
2: do you think sometimes f- for you all it's easier for you to see the promises and like remind other people of the promises for their life more than your own life sometimes yes
1: exactly hey that's good right there because i mean yeah why have you seen that too yeah
2: yeah and i don't know if that like depends on your spiritual gifting or like if there's different factors in that but i just feel like in my own life it's sometimes easier to see the promises see the potential in other people's life and and encourage them but not really you know in in my own life and i think that is why we need each other because yeah. sometimes we when we can be there to, to remind someone else of that that somebody else can be there to remind us of that yeah and i a think it, it
1: has to do with the love for people too mm-hmm. just as a lot of times i'll be honest with you it's easier for me brother Aaron, to have faith for somebody else mm-hmm. it seems like in prayer than have faith for myself to, for something yeah yeah but the same faith that he's given me for somebody else is the same faith he's given me. Exactly,
2: for me. but exactly. still, yet
1: yeah, it's about like, all right, man, they're hurting, they need something, and somebody say, well, you, didn't you just go through that? I said, yeah, but it's different. It's somebody else now. It's not me, you know. So now I'm believing for them. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, well, I think so often this conversation unpacks a bigger conversation. Yeah, and
1: I think that looking
0: from somebody else's point of view, it's easy to encourage them to believe, Yeah. believe, believe for it. God will do it. But in our own life, the reason we struggle with God's promises is because we haven't found a lot of integrity around us. And so a lot of times we relate to God based upon the situations are in our own life. So if we've not had good dads, we don't know how to relate to a good dad. Come on. Because we never had somebody we could have faith in yep. that we did protect us. So, in my life, because my relationship with my dad was not strong, sh- I struggled for a long time to relate to God as Father and to trust in His promises of provision and protection. And I think that this opens up in the broader, broader conversations about when Jesus addressed this in Matthew 5, when he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else other than that is of the enemy. Jesus actually commissions us never to swear or promise. Yeah. His, his disciples were never allowed to use the word yeah. promise or swear. Why? Because you should have enough integrity and character for your yes to be yes and your no to be no. How much simpler would life be if we did that? But because today... Yeah. We don't even know that conceptualization because if we if we bought a – you have to do contracts to buy anything. Yeah. You have to do anything. Why? Because people are not people who keep their word. Whereas used to land was bought on a handshake because we kept our word. Now we have a month-long process to buy a house because we don't know how to keep our word. Because when we lie and don't keep our word, now we can just do something to get us out of the bind. Yeah. And now there's legal – There's legal ways to get out of our word that we should have just said yes and yes. Now, am I am I just bashing all that? No, because I've been there like I'm not speaking of something I haven't done and participated in. Right. I'm just saying I think it's a broader issue because we don't know how to trust. It's easy for me to tell you to trust. Yeah, because I'm not the one putting my heart on the line. You are right but now because we don't really know how to depend on people because we've been let down so much because our yes is not a yes. And our no is not a no. Yeah. Now we take that same kind of ideology into our relationship with the father and we don't know how to rest in him or trust in him because we have nobody else we can trust in. Yeah. And, and it's easy for me to say, Josh, you just trust God's promises are good. Yeah. Because it's not my heart and not my situation and not my life on the line. Yeah. But whenever it's Aaron and I'm talking to myself, and it's my heart I'm having to open up. It's my finances i got to trust God yeah. for. It's my children's health or my wife's health or my health. Now it's a whole nother picture. Right. And I think that's why we, what Hannah was just talking about, it's easy to look at other people's promises and encourage them to go on than it is ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Because we don't have as much invested when it's other people.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this talk about promises or whatever, it made me think, of course, this is kind of. I guess babyish, but I remember growing up as a kid, you know, I I didn't like to lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Be- my cousin Beth or whatever, she would ask me something, and every time she would ask me, she really wanted to know the truth. She'd look at me in the eye, you can tease her about it later if you want to. She'd look at me in the eye and say, you promised me? And some, uh, I would. I couldn't say yes. She said, I thought, I thought you were lying or something like that, because something about when I was a kid, I thought, all right, I'm for real. I'm okay as long as I don't say I promise. Yeah. But if I say I promise, it throws in at another level. So therefore, if she said, "Whoa, well, no, no, you promise me," uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I remember growing up as a kid, her saying just you piddly yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? Not nothing. Yeah. But see, I've grown past that to where to where we realize that hey, I ain't got to tell you I promise to make sure you know it's right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because I think as children we've wrote we've risen even. Kids now out in the world and actually kids in the church. Hey, your promises are yes and amen. Then people think, well, what's my other words? Mm-hmm. No, everything you say needs to be right. Everything you say needs to be true. And see, don't don't sugarcoat stuff and don't back away from things that you've done wrong and let people think that you've always done things right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, that's where we get sometimes. I, You know, I never shy away from... Uh, when Maddie was growing up, my daughter, to kind of tell her my testimony, to kind of tell her where we from. But now a lot of parents that have raised their children, it's like there ain't no way I'm bringing up what, what I used to do. And then you are you are expecting your kids or whatever. You want better for them. But you don't want them to think that, hey, I always got Mom and Dad never went through nothing. They didn't have to get through nothing. And then they're here. That's what Brother Aaron was talking about, a father. I mean, I think that's why Brother Aaron has become a great father because he realized what it is to actually what it means to have a great father. And not only to his kids, but also to the congregation here at Bethel and other children that are around. See, you have so many so many people that are saying, well, I'm getting, uh, you've heard this before, I'm getting older and I feel as if maybe the Lord's leading me not to maybe be as much of a father figure in people's life or as much of a leader. But still yet... The reason that I think that older ones are having to stay longer to be a father is because really what? We ain't got people that are rising up and say, hey, I'll do it. I'll do it now. And see, I want to be somebody that can instill into people, whether to be honest with you, whether they're older than me or younger than me. If they need me to have a father figure in their life to instruct them and show them, guess what? I want to be that person. I want to be that minister. I want to be that man of God that can do that. Mm -hmm. And see, so that's where we need to understand that, hey, whatever we say, we must be able to say it is yes and amen. And if I say it, you don't have to question it. You can know that if I tell you something, I'm going to, in everything that I can, I'm going to make sure that what I say, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to keep going back to my trip, but I got to no, say one you're, more thing. Yeah, rather, go rather for do.
1: it. Yeah, I'm glad you are.
0: So, like, one thing that I – um silence is not something I'm used to. Right. For one, I got a big mouth, yeah. and so I talk a lot. And in the radio, we talk. You had to yeah. talk. You can have it right. dead air. But sometimes you were at these places looking at the glaciers, yeah. and you're looking in the reflection of the river and the lake, and you hike to this trail, and you have this mountain lake. There's not words you sit there and say. Like there's nothing you sit there. You don't have casual talk at the moment. You're mesmerized by the sights. And I feel like one thing the Lord has shown me, just how much idle words we have and fillers in today's yeah. society, even in today's church, like we're always talking. Like we just are. And, and I don't, I mean, in the radio we got to, so I understand yeah. that. But like we don't know, and he was actually showing me this even during all the way back to the crusade because there were so many times in prayer lately I would sit and just be silent. Yeah. I didn't bring nothing to the table. I didn't talk. And I think talk's next nice. I think talk is right. a part of prayer. So don't get right. me wrong. Yeah. But there's a lot of times I went to silence. And you know, I think the phrase, you remember the song, Let My Words Be Few? I think that's becoming more and more real to me. Wow. Because we talk so much and because we talk so much, that's why our words are losing weight. Because we just talk. Yeah. And we talk. And we talk because we think if there's silence or anything, and I'm not talking about being a monk, but I'm saying like this we had a tour guy for our safari. I know we got to go break. We had a tour guy for our safari. He was really intelligent, but he never stopped talking on everything. And there's sometimes you're trying to look at the moose and just love seeing the moose. Yeah. And he was telling you the scientific reason why their fur was brown. And at one point or another, like you get to this point where, i don't really care why the fur is brown i just want to i just want to see the moose i just want to see the moose and i don't need to know every single thing about every single pebble on the mountain i just see they're beautiful yeah but i think that's kind of where we're are in the church we're not showing people christ we just keep telling people about them
1: come on now that's good brother
0: and so we think the the more we can talk about christ the better christ will become to people. The more we show Christ to people, oh, well. yep. the better he becomes. You, Amen. Because Paul didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. He came in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You got it. And this is where I'm finding this. I'm telling you, like, see, just staring at those sites this weekend, in silence and just the majesty of God's creation right there, it slowed me down. And... I didn't need anybody telling me about the mountain for me to see how good the mountain looked. Amen. I just needed to see the mountain. And in the church, we try to tell people about the mountain instead of showing them the mountain. Come on now. And I've been to the mountain and I can tell you how majestic it looked. Yeah. But until you see the mountain yourself, it's only a thought. That's right. And it's time the church lead people to the mountain instead of just telling them about the mountain. And let your words be few. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, Tuesday question number one: Still, what king of Judah led an army that killed five hundred soldiers of Israel? What king of Judah led an army that killed five hundred thousand soldiers of Israel? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on mornings of box. Beautiful day. Still no trivia answer yet, so we are. There was a call come in that, I couldn't get it connected, and then, um, and so I'm I'm sorry if you try calling and I couldn't hear you. I apologize. But well, what king of Judah led an army that killed five hundred thousand soldiers of Israel? Now, <clears throat> um, let's see here. Miss Gail said, "Please announce there will be a coffee with Jesus in December. No exact date yet, but there will be one. Can't wait. Thank you." And love you all. Well, we love you, Miss Gail, very much. Um, Greg says he has the arch experience experience ticket, arch experience ticket for the drawing. I'll bring them with me tomorrow tomorrow, Lord willing. Hallelujah. Uh Miss Nicole Taylor was talking about the analogy with the mountain. Um and it, it is important to talk about Jesus. Don't don't get me wrong. Like we do have the mission yeah. to but I but we just I feel like in my own life, like we just don't know sometimes how to step back and be mesmerized. Yeah. I think it's attacked the enemy. Like, I think the busyness is actually the distraction from the real thing. Mm-hmm. Come on. And if he can keep the church so busy, we actually don't see Christ. Yeah. And if you get into the Greek, and I'll shut up because I have been feel like I'm dominating. No, dominated. Right. no um, a good
2: revelation. If you
0: get into the Greek, I taught this a few weeks ago when we was talking into um, – uh, witchcraft. We did that night on witchcraft, and we talked about pharmakeia, but we talked about some other things. And in Acts, do you remember whenever um, they burned the books? And it actually the sorceries, the witches, and all that. Like mm-hmm. it was talking about that, and they took all the 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 books and they burned them, and it was a really big amount of money. I can't remember off the top of my head. If anybody else remembers, it'd be awesome. Um, you
2: talked about this on a Wednesday night, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. But the <laughs> Greek word for that books was actually not witchcraft. The Greek word was actually busybody books. Wow. They burned their books that kept them busy.
1: Is that right? Well, man, oh man, it's uh, just uh, crazy to think those things or whatever, but it ain't. it's life, though. It's life. So we must understand that everything that we do or whatever, we must uh, dissect the word just like Brother Aaron does when he done that uh, study on the witchcraft and... You know deliverance and things like that i mean it's very important to understand where that comes from and you know how we got to that point so
2: yeah
0: all right we have an answer for this um okay. abijah i think's how you say it um Re- miss rita mullins got it right well, hello, you know her sister rita <laughs> yeah finally thank you mother-in-law
1: uh, second <laughs> chronicles 13 she wants to go verse that 17 <laughs> yeah
0: um and so, but yeah, I was answering that phone, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, what was y'all talking about? I was on the phone, so I.
1: No, you was just, uh, talking about an axe where they burned the book. Yes, the busy body books. Okay, I'd
0: make sure y'all staying on that. I was yeah. on the phone, so yeah. it's hard for me to track no, you. Right. But, you know, they were, because a lot of the things he wants us so busy that we can't actually enjoy his presence and enjoy his life and the life that he has for us, because, um, Like, we talk about holiness. Yeah. Right? Right. You really don't see in Scripture where holiness was ever supposed to be a bondage. It was never supposed to be burdensome, right? His law is not burdensome. Yeah. Well, even to live a holy life, like, we talk about it, and I think it's true to an extent because there is some crushing that has to happen. Yes. There's some crushing of ourselves. what you were talking about earlier, like, um, and I think Hannah used the word "there's crushing" and there's the the cutting away, the living sacrifice. Sometimes not always, pull, you know, it's not always like feels great, you know. Right. You were talking about you was talking about less of us, more of him. Hannah said, "All of him, no, none of me." All right, and we think about that in the terms of, oh my gosh, that just it's gonna be so hard, it's gonna hurt, but really shouldn't be joyful. Like yeah. come on now, like it should That's be a joyful right. thing. Like, and I'm sitting here thinking, if we would just like learn to love the Lord, trust in the Lord and let life kind of more happen instead of feeling like we have to control everything. Yeah. Then I don't know. Like these are really thoughts. that's really pounding me. And I guess I was like, I felt like maybe I just come down from the mountaintop, like a monk or something like that. (laughs) I had a revelation. I don't really know, but like I'm sitting here thinking I went from Jackson hole, which is like the slowest moving place I've ever seen. Right. Like nobody's in a rush. Nobody's in a rush. And you're just sitting there and you're just, you're literally staring at lakes with the mountains around you. And then we flew right into Dallas where you couldn't move in the airport. You were having to take a a, a train from one side of the airport to get to the other side of the airport so that you could just ke- catch your connecting flight. And then you go into McDonald's or you go anywhere and you're just like, everything's like pop, 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 fast, 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 next up, next up. And like, I'm sitting here going, all right, so which life do I want to live? Wow. Which life did Christ call us to live? A life to where we pass everybody and know nobody, or a life to where we can sit down and have a conversation with one person staring at the mountains. And I'm not yeah. saying we all move to the mountains. That's not my objective here. No, I'm not saying everybody becomes a world traveler. I'm right. not saying we go to the mountains. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying that I think it's a perfect illustration of the two lives that the Lord has set before us, And we can be so busy. I don't remember anything about Dallas Airport because you're moving so quick. Yeah. I don't know what the signs on the wall said. I know where my gate was, but I knew nothing about the airport. I didn't talk to anybody at the airport. You didn't even, it could have been beautiful and you would have never known because you were moving so fast. And I feel like this is the Lord's prop kind of question to the church which one do you want? Do you want to slow down and enjoy his presence? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to just try to accomplish everything in the world so that you can say you can accomplish it? Yeah, does that make sense? I hope no, this is making I mean, sense. It, yes, when you does. said
1: that, I was thinking, how long did you guys have a layover in Dallas? Uh,
0: well, it was supposed to be an hour and five minutes. Our plane arrived early, so we had a little bit of a more time. Because if we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have been able to eat. Yeah, we was going. To, we went to McDonald's, and that, I guess it was. The Lord did show up mighty because McDonald's was right across from our gate. <laughs> um, but but you know it was it was a short layover. Yeah, it was a it was a. I, I guess we were there for about an hour and twenty because our plane did get there early. Uh,
1: well, I know you um, hear some people have a layover, and they've got hours of layover, but a lot of people are such in a hurry to make sure they get to that gate before it opens. They don't really take the time to uh, enjoy what's around them. See, so when he was saying that about getting here, getting there, getting there fast or whatever. See, I think a lot of people, even in our Christian walk, I don't know if anybody else can get that this morning. But we are in so hurry to get to the gate. And it's like now, the Lord ain't coming yet. I mean, he's wanting us to do a work. But we're in so hurry to get to the gate, and when we get to the gate, we gotta sit there a long time before it's actually ready for us. Mm. Where well, what we do, we don't enjoy everything around us or do the work He's actually called us mm-hmm. to do.
2: That's a word right there. So I mean, you know, because you're so, sitting, uh, the, you're not having to do anything.
1: That's right. And so most time when people are sitting there waiting on the gate, what do they do, they sleep, play on their phone. Do get, distracted, other, get distracted sleep
2: get frustrated because you want it to already be there <laughs> and complain that it's not there yet
1: yeah and there you are three hours early you know to your layover but i mean yeah. yeah i mean but it goes back to me though i mean me thinking sometimes i if i'm not an hour early i think i'm late but a lot of times when you get there early what do you do you're just sitting there
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what i'm saying you're just sitting there doing what being idle where's the time you could be working so, or I mean,
2: witnessing to people There go. that's where the Lord has me the Lord has me in this evangelism thing and I'm like Lord I don't, no. I don't like it I don't <laughs> like talking to people I don't know but then I think like why why don't I like talking to people I don't know yeah. like why do I think it's such a big you, deal
0: you know why I think I'm figuring this I mean I don't know I don't figure stuff out like I'm just telling you Lord really, I think we're seeing it as task
2: as a task
0: I think we're oh, seeing I it as you. task And I feel like we think of all these things as religious tasks we're marking off. Mm. And I don't think we intentionally do that. Right. I just think religion's taught us to think like that. And so instead of making Christianity our lifestyle, we make it our duty. Mm. Wow. And so now we're just thinking, I need to witness somebody. All right, witness, check. I need to read my Bible. Witness. Okay, Bible, check. And I think. If we have a box and checks, we feel this necessary. And so we spend our whole life trying to accomplish things for a God we never talk to. Yeah. And we we spend our whole life trying to serve a God we never spend time with. Come on now. And this is, I think all coming back and Hannah can contest this. Cause I was talking about this before I even went on the trip. This all comes back to the internal rest that we have in the father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that if we stop trying to do and just start to be, I think everything begins to shift at that moment. Yeah. So evangelism becomes natural mm-hmm. because now evangelism is not a religious task where we're intentionally going up to somebody and giving them the four spiritual laws. Yeah. Now evangelism is going to sit with somebody in the airport because you're not in such a rush with life that you just open up this conversation. Yeah, And like one thing my heart always hurts for is like single moms who are traveling with kids yeah. and their babies are crying. Like we had a couple of those flights that don't bother us, yeah. but you can see the other people looking back like, what are you doing? And like, so that mom needs evangelism. Yeah. I'm not saying maybe not even the gospel preach, but she needs somebody to love on her. Yeah, she needs yeah. somebody to reach out. But because that'll fit into our religious box of checkoff sometimes, or maybe it's not into my schedule or anything yeah. like that. This is what I'm, I don't know. Y'all kind of just getting to unpack everything with no, me, the way I'm feeling it. Like no, it's good.
2: No, I agree. Cause I do think sometimes it is easy to think like that. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough for the Lord. When I do feel like the Lord has been trying to show me, like, let it be natural. Mm-hmm. Like, let me put the person in front of you yeah. instead of you trying to go run and find the people. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah. right. I think that's what, in my mind, I think that, I don't know, I'm having to let go of, like, what it even looks like. Because I've never, yeah. that's never been something I've really operated. Now, I have evangelized naturally probably without knowing it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't realize it was evangelizing. Yeah. (laughs) So in my mind, I thought evangelism had to be you're going out and finding the people. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. But really, and if you think about it, like, I'm not against intentionally evangelizing. Like, I'm not saying that. But, like, most of the time we're most productive in evangelism is the ones that's organic and authentic. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
0: Not the ones that are um, creative. Yep. And controlling. So I'm going to control my, I I mean, a lot of times when I've been most productive in evangelism, it's because God has put somebody in my path and I was just willing to say yes at that moment Mm -hmm. because I wasn't so busy with life. And, and I'm just thinking I passed thousands of people at the Dallas airport. Not one of them I knew, not one of them I care to say hi, not one of them I know any of their stories because, because and I'm not like saying that that's wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into guilt. Right, yeah. I'm saying that I think even in, re, even in our relationship with Christ, we're passing thousands of people that we're too busy to stop and talk with because we don't fit in our box. Yeah. And I don't know. I just want, um, I heard a preacher one time preach the simple life in Christianity. And And again, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to go join the Amish club or anything down there. I'm not trying to go no grit or anything like that. I'm not saying any, I don't I'm not trying to be fanatical with this. I'm trying to say have we missed some stuff though? Yeah. yeah. Like I think it took kind of getting away I I can feel the I can feel the energy around mountains now. Like, you know, every time in the Bible somebody went to a mountain, they got a revelation. There you go. And and I was silent a lot on this trip. Not because I didn't want to talk to Heather or anything like that. It was just it was almost breathtaking. Like it caught your breath. And if mountains can catch your breath, if we really see God in all of his beauty, I think he'll catch our breath. Yeah. The problem is I don't think we've looked at him. I think we just keep hearing about the mountain we're never looking at. And so um, I don't know. I'm sure this ain't the last time, but I have really, I've been challenged with this. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's anti-God to say we should enjoy life. Yeah. And I'm not talking about enjoying life and traveling, no work, no nothing like this. Yeah, I'm talking about whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, well, I mean, you know, because we are a witness no matter where we go. I know uh, I went to a local place of business about a week ago or so. Then I just had a question about a receipt I had about a purchase, <laughs> and they said, "Well, I just um, I just went through this with somebody not too long or earlier and said." They just cussed me out. They said, please don't cuss me out. I said, I ain't going to cuss you out. I said, it ain't enough to. But what I'm saying is that's the mindset of people. you talking about being evangelistic or being that. I said, I'll pray for you if you want me to. I said, but I ain't going to cuss you out. I said, because the people's mindset, I think a lot of times, Brother Aaron, uh, they don't want to talk to nobody because they've they've not really get felt life from anybody else before. So why does that, that we feel the pushback sometimes? Yeah. We feel the pushback because if we are already got in our mind when we start talking that what they're thinking about us, okay? Whether they think, well, what are they going to do to me here? What are they going to do to me here? But when you begin to just unpack stuff, like I said, I lo- I mean, I just love the just like I know that big shopping days coming up and all this stuff, and people say, well, I wouldn't want to go to that for nothing. I said, I said, to be honest with you, I like staying in line sometimes. Because when you stand in the line long enough, guess what you get to do? I get to talk. People, eventually, if you stand there long enough, some kind of conversation is going to be opened up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so for whatever reason, you know, I, I feel as if for the most part I can be patient, you know, and wait and do all this stuff. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I can do other stuff while I'm waiting. I can talk. I can do whatever. But I mean, but still, yet, prepare yourself to be able to be a minister to somebody that you don't even know. Yeah. That you don't even know that you're gonna be able to minister to them. You know, if we are being taught by leaders in our life, you know, just as then therefore we need to actually use the tools and the resources, mainly the word of God. But see yet, he puts people in our life to teach us how to respond to certain situations. I mean, it may be a way that I say how I do things it may not be for them. But a lot of times I learn, Brother Aaron, by hearing how somebody else does it and I actually okay but then i think it could be done like this too mm-hmm. not that we're trying to where there's only one way one way to heaven we know that that's through the blood of jesus but just like in the work i do a lot of people does it one way but then i may do it a different way but see both ways are like that are actually getting the job done mm-hmm. that's why it takes us all to be able to have a mouth and a witness for jesus in a way hey If I talk to somebody today, it may not minister to them. But let's say Hannah talks to them tomorrow, maybe Hannah can minister to them better than I can. See, that's why we need to be prepared and ready in every situation, just as Brother Aaron said. Brother Aaron said earlier, in the time to be quiet, but then also in the time to talk. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thankful for times we have to do that.
0: But, and you know, I think you got to add a word to that. Go. Available.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's a great one to add. And I think a lot of yeah. times
0: in my own life, I'm not available. Come on. Because I'm so busy. Busy. And, and I think we have to figure out how to make ourselves available yeah. to be used by God. Right. But also available to spend time with God. Amen. So um, we had a, we had a question come in about the uh, miss. Um, one of the listeners talked about X 19. When we talked about that earlier, they were saying it's the warlock. Now, burning the magic books. Now that's going to be contingent upon which translation you use. You're going to love this. Everybody's going to pat me on the back for this. I'm actually going back to the King James. Um, I know it's shocking for everybody, (laughs) but I think they actually do the best job translating this because in the King James, it actually doesn't say magic. It never mentions warlock or witchcraft in this verse. It actually says this and they, and many that believe came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them, which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. All right, so if you go to that curious arts, that is the per e Um, and it says working all around, meddlesome, busybody, curious arts. Now, they translate it magic because there is a neutral, neutral. Pure magic, plural for magic, but really the best translation that I can get to from this, in my opinion, is busybodies, and it actually even goes and translates that in First Timothy five thirteen, tattlers also and busybody, busybodies speaking things. So actually, you have a parallel in First Timothy five. Um, again, that was five thirteen that parallels into busybody. So here, if you read that from that perspective. I just pushed my wrong button. Um, he's saying many of them, which use busybody or meddlesome books, came together and brought them together. Stuff that gives false entertainment to keep you distracted. Amen. And that's really what that verse is saying. It's not actually saying witchcraft, it's not saying spell books, it's saying busybody books. And.
2: Which I guess a spell book could be, fall into that. Well, it could for someone. It as could a distraction. It could mesmerize you. Yeah. And but I, that doesn't mean that that's all that it was.
0: No. And to me, I'm gonna step on some toes because I'm here. <laughs> Facebook could be Meddleson yeah. and Busybody. Yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. Those romantic novels. Wow. Um, I mean, like stuff that keeps you distracted from who he is and spending time with him. And things that are twisting your view of life or yeah. anything like that. Now, I'm not saying that entertainment and moderation is not good. Um, I'm not saying that at all. Right. I'm saying these people were consumed with their meddlesome, and busybody books. And it was spell casting in a sense because it completely took the distraction away. Come on. And so, again, in our lives, like... I think that the goal for a Christian, I guess, is to see Jesus. Yeah. Because only when we see and look upon him can we be conformed into him. What we see a lot is church, other Christians, our favorite preachers, um, our spiritual to-do list that we get from our favorite preachers. Yeah. But just to look upon him. Right. Right. Just to look upon him. Like, we liked sitting there going to the the outlooks and reading about each glacier and everything like that. But I didn't need none of that as long as I had the mountain in front of me. And, and I think sometimes with us, like, we're so apt. We're so apt to just talk about him but on. never gaze upon him. Wow. And we I make too, church boy. services that are fillers just to get us through to 12 o'clock. And we never gaze upon Jesus, yeah, wow. Because we have no rest, because we're always trying to earn it. We're trying to always do something, and, and I think even like Hannah going back in my own life. This is me. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. I'm yeah. this one. I'm not trying to talk about I'm talking about myself. Even in evangelism, I've tried to say good enough stuff to get people to trust in Jesus, when really my only job in evangelism is to plant or to water, because only God can give the increased you will never say something so prolific you'll change somebody's heart come on that's god's job amen all we do is just say it yep some apollos waters paul may so but god gives the increase and that was the problem with the corinth church some were of cephas some was with paul some was of apollos and some was christ come on well we were chasing after people because we thought people said a good enough thing to change our life but if your life has been changed, it's not because somebody preached a good enough sermon. It was because Christ opened your eyes. He just used the sermon to do so. That's right. And so I can never preach a good enough sermon. I'll If I could sing, I could never sing a good enough song. I can't do it. I'm just a messenger that God will use to do it. Right. So when I stop... I'm going to say this, and I want to be very careful, because I never want to give permission to laziness. But when I would, if I could ever stop thinking... The world's on our shoulders, and put the world back on His shoulders, the church may have a little bit more peace. Come on now, and I think we're, we we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, and I don't think we ever was meant to. Well wow. I think we were living. We were called to live and trust in Him, and to trust that He is going to do everything that He says He's going to do, and all things are going to work together for the good of those who love Him are called according to His purpose, and I don't have to make it happen. I just got to trust in the One who does make it happen. Amen. Amen. So this mountain changed my life. I'm telling you, it's awesome. I don't know. Like it's just, it's unraveling.
1: Um, Because, you know, I got something about how you said that uh, when I was there and I had an opportunity to either read about the mountain or look upon the mountain. He looked upon the mountain. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's pretty powerful right there to me.
0: Uh, I guess you could say it. And Hannah, we're we're of a younger generation than Josh. Um, Josh is old. Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm senior citizen here today.
0: <laughs> but you know, like, but you'll know what I'm talking about. This is this is if you're at a sporting event, sporting yeah. event 30 years ago, everybody's watching the sporting event. Now, if there's this moment that's going to happen, everybody's watching it through the lens of their phone. Yeah, you're not actually watching the event no more. And, like, you pay all this money to go to the event or the concert or whatever it is, and you don't even take in the atmosphere. You're just recording the atmosphere. Yeah. Mm. Right. Wow. And to me, this is kind of what's going on. Like, even in um, our dinner tables, like, we eat out all the time now. Yeah. We are eating out generation because we say it saves time. I am thoroughly convinced if you have seven kids, eating out doesn't save time. It takes just as much time as you're going to sit home
2: or more if if you're going out with other people too.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it costs more, but because that's just what we do. So then we sit around and I love this like we'll go out to eat after prayer every once in a while on Saturday night. Yeah. It's some of us are talking, but then you'll catch too like all of us are out together, but then half of us are on our cell phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're looking through the lens of distraction. Yeah. And wow. And I just feel like that's probably in our life a lot more because I didn't I didn't pick up my phone very much. Yeah. I, I mean I posted a couple pictures to Facebook. That's pretty much all I got on yep. Facebook. Yep. Like I didn't scroll. I didn't do anything. Um, we went to bed earlier and we didn't feel like we missed anything. Um it, it was just like the Lord showed me a lot in the last two or three that's days. Awesome. And I don't want to keep harking on it. It's just I feel like there's a lot to unpack because I I don't know. Did I tell you, Hannah or did I tell somebody else like I feel like I took two weeks off of preaching because I felt like I needed to just break for a second and figure out where are we going to go? Like, where's this next phase? Where's this next step? And because I know the Lord's been moving, but I know the enemy's been fighting and you're sitting there and we're trying to think, like, whenever the Lord's moving, you feel like there's this responsibility not to mess it up. So yep. now you're trying to walk everything everything. And, and I even use the phrase, you know, walk with a dove on your shoulder. Like it's gonna fall out, fly away. And I think there's a good intention, but that produces no rest. So because now you're walking around sitting there going, I don't do anything, because if I do anything, the enemy's gonna come in and the dove's gonna fly away. Wow. And now you live in you're back in that religious cycle of no rest. Yep. Mm. Because if you make one wrong move or you make one wrong decision, revival ends. If revival rests upon you, it was never revival; it was manipulation. Come on now. And and I I told somebody, and I don't know who I don't know who it may have been it may have been smells. I feel like the Lord's going to bring us into a, a season of learning how to rest in Christ, and that's where I felt like the ministry was going to kind of transition. I had no idea that there was going to be all this downloaded about this. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't get none of this there. I got all this last night on the plane. I didn't think about any of this there. I was just staring at the mountain. Yeah. Because it was mesmerizing. And I didn't get any of this until last night on the plane. Wow. And so now it's unpacking this and figuring out how do you simplify life? Like, how do you get to where – and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy what I'm doing. Right. I'm saying – how do you find this place to where you're not freaked out about every single thing and think the world weighs on your shoulder? And, you know, if if I make the wrong decision, like there was so much weightiness behind that when we left September in the crusade and everybody was talking about the the move of God's here, the move of God's here. And we was having these conversations. What do we do now? What do we do now? Because we don't want to mess this up. We don't want to do this. And I was internally freaked out because there was this weightiness to the moment. Yeah. And then everybody's kept coming up. What do we do now? Do we keep going? Do we do this? What do we do? And the Lord kind of paused me for a minute, even though I was internally freaked out. And there's a few times in those months, that month that I was like, did I mess it up? Did I lead us wrong? Did I do this? And I, like, we have to learn as leaders that yes, we're given the task to lead, but he's the only one that can produce and create. And, I will never produce revival. Only he can. Come on now. I will never produce a move of God. Only he can. But we have to be available to do so. Amen. And the inconvenience comes in, we're going to have to readjust our schedule. Yeah. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We've taught it as a bad thing. Yeah. But in reality, it's really the Lord positioned us into the good thing that he always intended for us to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to shut up because I've talked so much. I'm sorry.
2: No,
1: you didn't. It's, it's fine, brother. No, it's good. It's awesome. I just you, you've been gone away a little bit.
2: Thought good. about, like, when, we, when you talked about the, you know, just walking through the airport and missing or just walking through life and never looking at the Lord or the things that He's given us. Like, it just, I don't know, it makes me not it makes me think about life and how many things and even in josh's word about the things that are the promises that are available to us like how many things do we just miss out on yep like we're like there's this thing of like fear of missing out fomo is what they call (laughs) it and it's with worldly things is i mean the term is like for worldly things but i just wonder how many of us have a fear of missing out on what God has for us. Not necessarily like the move of God conversation we were talking about, but just the beauty that he has for us. The, the, the joy, the rest, the, all of those things. It's like, I think we we're fearing of missing out on the wrong things. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because
2: we think that those things, those things are the things that are catching our eye. Yeah. But really there's all these other things that, Would create a lot more peace, a lot more rest, a lot more joy, a lot more sustenance where we're not always striving, Mm -hmm. running after everything. And I just wonder how many, you know, I just think. And it even goes to that eternal mindset that, you know, the Lord was putting on my heart the other day, like having an eternal mindset. Because these things that Aaron's been describing today are heavenly things. Like, these are things that we're going to continue to experience in heaven, you know. Amen. And it comes with the kingdom of God. Like, all these other things pass away. The the running around, you know, the busyness. Because I was just talking about this the other day with someone. Like, I'm not built to be, like, on a schedule. Everybody knows that. I just hate schedules. <laughs> I hate them. I just want to ju- and And I know they're, like... I'm not saying we shouldn't be responsible. We have to have responsibilities and we have to get things done. And I understand that. But I just can't wait to be in heaven where there's not any pressure. There's not pressure to be rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially not pressure to be rushing the spirit because there's so many times, and I, I know that people, you know, they think I just talk a lot and I just. Ethan says I could talk to a wall, but I really, when I'm by myself, I don't talk. Like, I don't talk to myself. I, I don't think I could talk to a wall. Like, I just am quiet when I'm by myself. But, like, when I'm with people and we're having a conversation about the Lord, like, I I just, when you're in his presence, I just hate rushing his presence, you know? Mm-hmm. I just hate it. And I know that there needs to be boundaries and things when you when you have responsibilities to get done, but I, I totally agree That, you know, in heaven, you know, he is the thing that we're going to be consumed with all the time. It's not going to be all these other things. Yeah. And that that's the thing I'm the most excited about is the rest and like just no schedule because there's a pressure that comes along with that. Uh, Oh, well, all right. All right. When we're like sitting at the gate, it's like it almost puts pressure on the people preparing the the boarding process too. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, we got people sitting here three hours early. So like, yeah. it's it's just pressure. And I just, I don't really feel that pressure coming from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure. And somebody spoke this. I don't know if it was, uh, sister Renee yesterday. Also that is up on the app and everybody should go listen to it. Cause the hour was with Renee Otterburn, Otterburn, <laughs> I have to say it right. was amazing. But I think she talked about, um, just how the enemy puts that pressure and and the lord doesn't do that
0: yeah yep because when we we slow down and realize everything we're doing is building it's edifying it's and now stuff stops being so task oriented yeah and and i understand some people are task oriented i'm 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 learning this about myself i'm not i try to make myself there but i'm i'm not like but if you have to cut down a tree together now we're not talking about a job like sometimes in a job you're in a you, you get yeah. that all right I do get that but um but you there's a tree that needs to come down all right we have two way to approach this tree we can either take it as just a task getting done or there's a moment that me and Josh can cut down a tree we can say let's just get her done or yeah. we can we can work together it may, it may take an extra 20 minutes this way but we can use the time to fellowship to build all right it's not a task, it's an opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when we start to rest in the Father, stuff stops becoming a task and it starts to become an opportunity. And you remember like during the ice storm, I have a couple text messages read, but during the ice storm of two thousand 2008, 2009? Eight, Eight I Eight. think. All right, so the ice storm happens. Power's out here. Now, some people just go to E-Town or Bowling Green like Hannah. But <laughs> <laughs> she hey, talked yeah. about that. But I remember going down with no power, my my granny and G had the gas stove, so it was still working. Yeah, and I remember we cooked potatoes and stuff on there. We played we played board games. Everything slowed. Down. I don't remember a time in my life where my family was closer than Nice storm. Wow. Oh. I don't ever remember a time on my mom's side where family was closer. I felt like the nice storm. Yeah, because everything what slowed down.
2: Yeah. I felt that way during COVID, a certain portion of COVID, too, because, you know when everything was shut down you don't have anything to anywhere to go other than be home and that was something
0: speak for yourself as busiest time <laughs> of my life as a breadman <laughs> uh,
1: well
2: i i did get to work i got to work but i mean like for fun sure like, not like after start. work was over because i actually got to work during covid but it was like after that there's nowhere for you to go do all the busybody things that you would normally be doing after work so and even with church like you know i know certain churches stayed open but a lot yeah. didn't Most, and yep. um depending on your family and just what was going on you know we ended up having church at home sometimes like awesome. like i would whip out the keyboard and we'd just all sing around the the piano and uh, you know on easter we i think i remember we put something on facebook and i saw a lot of families putting like their family worship uh on facebook of yeah. them just worshiping together and yep. um i just think that that's something that I'm not saying forsake the local assembly or anything like that, but why can't that be our normal? Like, it doesn't have to just be Sunday coming together to worship at your, in your living room. Mm-hmm. You That's know, right. like that—that that could be a normal thing. You know, gathering together and all of these things. It's like when COVID happens or the ice storm, it, it's like it wakes us up and like we experience this. But I, I feel like it's the Lord showing us like this is what it could be all the time if we would just really stop going along with the the culture of the world and really start living separate yeah
0: and see i think this is where religions taught us that as the body of christ unless we're doing a church service yeah or something we're not really being spiritual right and again i'm i'm a hundred percent behind the local assembly i love it i love sunday morning yeah i love wednesday nights i love prayer meetings i think they're all vitally important to the health and the fellowship of the church but i also think the fellowship and the breaking of the bread is important too and i think sometimes we overlook that and forget how spiritual that is too and so sometimes just slowing down and saying hey we're gonna you all want to come hang out and play scrabble tonight yeah you know or because we think that it's just go 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 but i I think the lord's trying to tell the body slow 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 (laughs) slow slow yeah and because we're going to Go right into the grave, yeah. And I, I saw a commercial, and I know you're gonna read I'll shut up after no, this. You, you. I saw the actually it was a, it was a herd a commercial. It was on the it was on some kind of I think it may have been at the hotel on the radio that was playing in the speakers. I can't remember where it was that, but it said, "If you're not careful, stress will kill you as fast as drugs can." Wow. And I was like, "Whoa, yeah, how prolific." And I think the body of Christ is probably more stressed out than God ever intended for it to be.
1: More than likely. Yes, sir. Yep. It sure Go is. for it. No, she just, uh, my wife, uh, she said, get a camper. You'll be playing a lot of board games. <laughs> 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 no, because, I mean, even though we, uh, me and Rachel, we've kind of, I guess, I don't know, slowed down or what. But, I mean, we now take more time for one another, I guess you can say. Um, but, uh, when we go camping, even though it's just right down the road, but it's just something about when you get, when you get in that campsite, you are just there, I mean, you know, you take it all in. I mean, it's just a matter of, can you tell a difference in what, in your marriage and in your life, just slowing down, taking time? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, that's what actually that I truly can say that I love my wife now more than ever. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because of times. Like that, even even now I'll be in the garage, you know. I mean, even last night I was making a making a couple of things for some people, or whatever, and she said, are you coming in? I was like, well, it's only like 5 o'clock, five Yeah. She said, I know, but come on in. We got plenty of time to do that other stuff, but I mean, still yet, that hunger, and I mean, it's almost like it relates to our hunger with Jesus, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think, well, it's got to be here, it's got to be there, it's got to be this time, it's got to be that time, but then it's like, no, just... Just come on into my presence now. Yeah. Don't wait for it to happen. Do it now.
0: Yeah. So. Can I ask you a very personal because I'm, I'm still unpacking try. all
1: this. You can try.
0: And it's going to be really personal. Well. we'll and I'm sorry to do happen. it on the air if it... up if it, All right. Go ahead. When Miss Rachel started to walk through her cancer... Yeah. Did that change you all? Like, it how, did it, how did it change... It
1: definitely changed you, but...
0: Yeah. How did it change time and resources and how you think about things like that?
1: Well, it made me... It made me give me a desire to... Uh, even in maybe when that was going on or now we're having to we go back to the doctor tomorrow to be honest with uh-huh. me, and uh take each moment in perspective whether it's another whatever but knowing that the strength grows through every little thing you do for each other yeah the strength grows more yeah and putting our trust in god and like i say i like i've told i've preached it and i've taught it but to be honest with you, she's probably stronger in her faith than I am. Yeah. Even her battling, you know, but still yet, her faith is strong. But still yet, at the end of the day, you know, when that goes back to, you well, know, uh people saying, trust the Lord. Hey, trust the Lord. Hey, we got to treat you. are exactly right. And that's exactly what yeah. we're doing. That's exactly I what heard we're one doing. person say that nothing
0: will slow your life down more than a cancer
1: diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it was pretty shocking. I mean, I remember when... Uh, when we got that, and I mean, we have uh, we got that in 2000, late 2012. That's when we very first heard that. Yeah. And to be honest with you, we very first heard that when me and her mom and dad, and then uh, we was in the room with the doctor, and Rachel just had come out of surgery. And the doctor actually told us without Rachel even probably knowing it because she was waking up from surgery. And when that happened, I mean, it was it was life changing for me. It's almost yeah. like, would you just say, yeah, she's thirty one years old now. Would you just tell me, yeah, are you sure? Well, you know. So then it just you know it just uh, helps you to reflect on things.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the person said slow down because you start to beat away the stuff that really don't matter. Yeah.
1: Like the 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 stuff you thought stuff. mattered. You said exactly It, right. it doesn't at the end of the day. Stuff doesn't. I mean, and now, I mean, before before all that happened, we probably had more stuff than we do now, but now it's like we just ain't worried about stuff. We worry about time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, Rachel with somebody, anybody that knows us knows that, hey, if we buy something or whatever, I mean, in times past we have, you know, when we have a yard sale, I remember we used to have a yard sale down here. We lived on 259, even now on 401 they said we love coming to y'all's yard sale said because you know you sell stuff cheap stuff cheap i was like well we want not get rid of stuff we don't want to keep stuff <laughs> you know what i'm saying if i wanted full price for something i probably wouldn't have bought it but see when we get to the point of where we really you know really want to get rid of it you know because stuff don't have us yeah i mean we you know there's more important things yeah. than stuff and then it wouldn't be just stuff too sometimes it's the accolades that you're chasing
0: it's the yeah. notoriety and you know even for a family like moving into christmas season yeah um we're having a we we file taxes later because of our paperwork and all this stuff so we usually do the extension and so this year we were getting money back and we were actually going to use that for christmas it got lost in transition or something like that so it's being sent back to the IRS we got notified we won't even get it before the end of the year wow so it's a messy ordeal and it could be long before that because the eight week or nine weeks that he can start till IRS gets the actual check back. Yeah. So it's a mess. So I'm sitting here last night whenever I found this, because I checked in mail or whatever when we got home and found all this out. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, we were really actually dependent on that for the Christmas for kids. Cause we have a lot of them. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, hold up. Like if I asked my kids what I got them from Christmas last year, I almost bet none of them can remember something that I got. Wow. honest, I can't remember what I got them last year. And even in that, like, I was internally kind of starting to stress and freak out about Christmas because what are we going to do for kids? How are we going to get the kids? I was stressing about buying something they're not even going to remember next year. Yeah. And this is where I'm thinking, like, this is where... I did not mean to come in here and be Doctor Phil today or nothing like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I really think the Lord is downloading some stuff into the body of Christ. Yeah. To get her to slow down.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean it's a pretty good point, brother. F- first and f- two
0: two reasons we're slowing down. First, we're moving so fast we're missing Him. Yeah. Because that the priests were not instructed, actually the people were not instructed to get into the Jordan until the first the Ark of the Covenant got in. Don't you get before God? Yeah. And I think sometimes we get before God. Yeah. And then we wonder why we mess things up.
1: Yeah, we get before God and thanks to God, but God
0: yeah. isn't even in it. Yeah. So I, I think the first one is we've got to quit putting the horse before the cart. Yeah. The second, or the cart before the horse, sorry, the cart before the horse. The second thing is catch your breath. Yeah. Like just catch your breath for a second. and right. And I know I'm not the only one feeling this. No, I, I know I'm not. Like sometimes well, I,
1: Rachel, s- Rachel, to be honest with you, uh, she sent me a text a while ago, and said that I feel the same way as Aaron did. That's exactly what she said, and she said I felt that for him. Yeah, you know, in that moment, about you know, just you know, just resting or just in his presence or just uh, understanding what does the Lord really want to know.
0: Yeah, and I know I'm. Sometimes I get stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is probably just me. But I know this is not just for me. Like, I feel like this is for so many people because I guess being at the airport, too, and people watching, I just see yeah. the stress, the the burden, the weight, and I don't know. I, I see, um, I guess being there is like being my tour guide, he's like, I got the best job in the world. I just drive people around in a car show him amazing sights, and then I'm fishing by one. Wow. And, and the, the beautiful thing is it's not like he's a nomad who has no relationships. Yeah. He's talking about his six granddaughters. He's talking about his friends. He's talking about all these, but like as for cares, like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It, it, he, he, um, he talked too much at times, but But also just seeing him (laughs) and hearing his lifestyle. Like, I don't want, I'm not a fisherman. I caught a trash bag the last time I went. (laughs) But, but feeling how much he enjoyed life. Yeah. And just enjoying everything around him and how he could slow down to enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, man, I told you I was going to shut up and I just can't. Like, it's like when you're raising a kid. You know this, Josh, because you've raised kids now, married, expecting a kid. You blink and it's gone.
1: Yep. You
0: blink and it's gone.
1: Right. And, um, and my wife, she was somebody that always took pictures. She's got scrapbooks from our daughter when she was born all the way up to, through high school. You know, so there's times that we even uh, sit down and look through those books and she'll say, I don't even know if I remember that, but I'm glad I got that picture to remind me of it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So there's monumental things in your life that you are gonna be able to remember, you know, like when, when you were born again, when you, when uh, me and Roger got married, you know, when we had Maddie, you know, these times in our life when they're actually the moments that really matter the most. Like Brother Aaron said, things that we've got really we don't remember probably exactly when we got them, but we just know for whatever reason we have them. See, like Sid, he's gonna ask his kids, "What I get you last year?" Uh, uh, it Lord. If you ask Maddie that when she was younger, here's the crazy thing about this. Maddie just said, uh, you know, she said, here people are asking me what I want for, you know, you talk about Christmas coming up or the end of the year, however you want to say it. And she said, really, I don't know of anything I want. Said, because, you know, I'm already, you know, I thank the Lord that I'm blessed. And, you know, not being able to tell anybody anything that you really want. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, is it, a matter of us you know always feeling it if we got to get our children this or we got to get our children that or uh because i didn't have this when i was young i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure my child has this but see in the end of the day the lord is just saying hey i just want you to desire me yep mm-hmm. instead of worrying about all this other stuff this gift that gift this discernment that discernment just desire me and then all that other thing is just like it'll be there So I'm thankful that we can be in that place.
0: Yeah. And I I think this is a very important thing coming into this season, too. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. And um, I don't know. My prayer is that the Lord would slow down the earth a little bit for us. (laughs) I I hear you. And I know it's not me. Right. I know this is not just me. I know this is, I'm getting texts from people. Good, yeah, Good word. This well, is right I mean, on. Uh,
1: I I've actually heard throughout, uh, talking to different ministers and preachers, and even the speakers right now are saying, listen, it just seems as if, you know, they're for a little while. It's like uh, the Lord kept downloading into me this, downloading me into that, telling me to speak on this, speak on that. But as of right now, it's like I don't really, really hear him talking like I was. But you know, maybe it's a time for us to be settled down and really, because oftentimes if you can't hear something, you try to get as quiet as you can to make sure you don't miss nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, that's maybe where we're at. So, yeah, good awesome, stuff.
0: Awesome morning. Awesome morning. I'm sorry I dominated so much. I, you
1: did not. It done good today, brother. Yeah, we done good.
0: Um, gosh, there's a lot of text I can't get to them all. Um, I got. 30 seconds. Uh, uh, One one listener said, need to slow down. Just like Moses, there's burning bushes all around us. I'm going to kind of filter through a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Greg Greg Carwell says, this is Hebrews. Enter his rest by ceasing from our own works. Um, Miss Jeannie says, "Um, good word. And then another listener said, "Um, good morning, brother. We have to slow down and enjoy the things around us and refocus on the things that really matter most. You're not the only one feeling that we have to slow down and be more stress-free. I've been told this by three people within the last three days. Good word, brother. Um, And then ask a grandmother, the best gift is a handmade card with misspelled words. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't think, I think I could buy Eliza a $100 gift and she probably wouldn't remember it next year. Yeah. But I could probably sit down and make cookies with her one night. She won't forget it for years. that's it. And I don't know, challenged it's a challenging morning for me. Awesome. Uh, good stuff. I, I really, um, it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. Excited for tomorrow morning. We got to make room for Philip Trent to come preach a while. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll be back 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.